focus on him and his message during the Advent season, there's not a lot that's written about him except what's contained in the scriptures and also the Dead Sea Scrolls and a few other sources, but little is known about John the Baptist. So a lot of it's left open for our own reflection and meditation. That's what I'd like to do today, to reflect on who John the Baptist is and more specifically to reflect on his relationship with Jesus. John the Baptist, of course, and Jesus, they go way back to the time that they were in their mother's womb. That Mary hears from the angel that Elizabeth, who was barren, who couldn't have children, was now miraculously with, ch- with child. And so she goes and helps her cousin Elizabeth. And as soon as she reaches Elizabeth and makes her greeting known, the infant John leaps for joy in Elizabeth's womb. And so there's that encounter, even from the very moments being in the womb, that foster this friendship, this relationship between Jesus and John the Baptist. Some medieval painters, Renaissance artists, and whoever, you know, paints and and draws, they've come up with an imagination with Jesus and John the Baptist, imagining that even during their childhood, that maybe John the Baptist and Jesus would have had play dates, that they would have known one another. So that's a nice thought too. And to go with that theme of them having a friendship, a relationship all throughout their life. We see this too when John the Baptist, after he's in prison in our gospel, in a few chapters later, he'll be beheaded and murdered. And Jesus, once he hears about that, he goes off to a secluded place and he mourns the death of John the Baptist. And I think he does this because he's a friend. He knows John very well. Jesus knows John. And it's very evident in our gospel today that this is the case. Because John the Baptist sends his disciples to go to Jesus. And we might ask, why does he do that? If John the Baptist knows Jesus, if he knows who he is, if he even baptized him in the River Jordan, why must he send his disciples to Jesus? I think John the Baptist realized that his time of life was coming to an end, and so he wanted to direct them to Jesus to say, this is the one that I've been talking about. This is the one I want you to begin to follow. And if they go and they see, just like so many, they will be swayed and will become a follower of Jesus. In one of the Gospels, it says that John the Baptist had pointed out Jesus to two disciples, named uh, two disciples, and he said, behold the Lamb of God. Those two disciples became the apostles, two apostles called by Jesus to be his followers. That's what John always did, pointed to Jesus. But Jesus, as they come to him, answers what they're looking for. And he says, he talks about who John the Baptist is, that he was the voice, the messenger that was going to prepare the way. And then he's even able to say that of woman, no person greater has been born than John the Baptist. I think Jesus makes these statements because he knows John the Baptist. He knows him very well, that John has shared with him, and they had this friendship. In our own lives, do we allow Jesus to know us? Do we share the things of our heart and our lives with the Lord? If we talk about Jesus being our friend, and we all have friends in life, and with those friends, we share lots of things, our joys and our sorrows, what's happening We share that with our friend, and if Jesus is our friend, do we share that with him? Do we share those events and those sorrows, those joys of our life? 
during this holiday season, there might be people who are a bit sad or mourning or in grief because maybe throughout this year they lost someone that they loved, a parent, a grandparent, a child, and now they're mourning that loss, especially because these are the first holidays without them. Have we been able to share that sorrow and that sadness with the Lord, to ask him to take that sadness away, to give us joy and comfort and consolation? If we are angry about someone or about something, do we share that with the Lord and ask him to give us peace, to take away that anger? If we're scared because maybe the doctor has given us some sort of diagnosis or our checkbook and our money is growing slim, do we share those frustrations with the Lord? During the month of February for eight days, I'll be on silent retreat. Father Michael Thiel and myself are going to Florida on silent retreat. Doesn't that sound like a good time to go? And um, it's with this organization that we were involved in when we were in the seminary called the Institute for Priestly Formation. And what they seek to do is try to teach seminarians and priests how to pray better. And one of the methods they taught us during that summer that we were there was called ARRRR, praying like a pirate, they say. And it's an acronym, of course, and it means acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. And that's really what I'm talking about, that are we able to acknowledge what's going on deep within and to be able to relate that, to share that with the Lord, to then listen to what God says, and then to be able to respond to it in our lives, to have that sharing just as John would have shared with Jesus and Jesus with John, do we allow that to happen in our own lives? During this Advent season, perhaps it would be good for us to begin to do that if we already aren't, to be able to share our joys and our sorrows with the Lord and to allow him to change our hearts each and every day. Now, maybe in that few moments of silence that we'll have, to be able to have that conversation, that sharing among friends, to become more like John the Baptist and share with the Lord. And so it begins today and for the rest of our lives.